Wait, so now with their rolling. So now all the cameras are rolling, yeah. So you just you can cut all the shit out we're talking about right now. This yeah, just yeah. feels really awkward. I don't know why. It's I'll don't worry, I'll not I'll help you up. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, you can swear, you can say what you want. Okay. I don't mind, I don't Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, hello and welcome to another Let's Talk. Now today's episode is a bit different. We've had some sports influencers, we've had counsellors and therapists, we've even had porn stars, but today it's a bit different and a little bit more special because today I actually know the guest beforehand. Today I'm joined by Callum Fletcher, who I know previously from working with the arena. Hi Callum, how are you doing? Hi Joe, I'm okay. Yourself? I'm not too bad. Good. So you're here today to talk to us about sort of sports and motivation and how that helps people. How has sports helped you in the past few years, especially through this last year of pandemic? I think, I think with sports, it's it's a different aspect of life altogether. I mean, we all we all work, we all sort of have our family time. But sport for me is just like it's like a huge escape. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even want to say escape really because it's not it's not even like you're trying to hide behind anything. Sport as a team, working with guys or even girls as a as a group, it's just like it's next level. Like to be able to be able to do that and have those moments with other people, it's like it's it's quite it's it's really nice. It's quite magical at times, and I mean, I I, I play football. That's a, that's my sport, and playing with the guys I play with now, they're all like similar ages to you, so they're a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. Show my age. They're a little bit younger than me, and then they're, and they're about like early twenties, twenty one, twenty two. So when I was twenty one, twenty two, I was just I didn't really have the focus that I have now. Mm-hmm. More naive. More yeah. 100% more naive didn't, and didn't understand really what, I mean this is not elite level sport but yeah. you can make whatever you want from it. So this is just amateur level football right but if you're not- 11 aside or 11 aside? 11 aside, well, I mean I'd do anything, 11 aside, 7 aside, 5 aside, 1 aside, 1v1 one one the guard right now, <laughs> me and you if you want. No, but all seriousness, it's not that level, it's amateur level but if you can make that whatever you want. So for me, I'm just extremely competitive. So it doesn't matter if it's, like I say it, if me and you, if you said, oh, let's have a go in the garden right now, you'd be there. Bro, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to win. <laughs> you, you think I'm joking, I, I, I can't lose, I don't want to lose. And, and people, a lot of people say, oh, how do you cope with that? Like, it's actually quite, it's actually quite, like, I'm going to say toxic, but it's hard. It's hard because there is times that you do get beat, there is times you do lose. And being this way, and being quite openly competitive, when someone beats you, and they know that you're competitive, they love to let you know. Mm-hmm. They look, oh, like if there's times I've been beaten, like if it be, so like training, even within the team, when we train, if we do like, if we do a game at the end of training, we do seven, eight aside, and if we get beaten training, or my side gets beaten training, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not. Pulling the grudge. Oh, I go home, and I'm like, I go home, I'm still, I still live at home with my parents. I go home, I get a shower, I go to bed. I don't want to talk to anybody, I've been beat. I can't, and that's just the way I am, I can't help that. People will laugh and they'll say, oh, are you joking? I'm not. I'm not. Do you let the other side know that you are competitive and you do want to win? I think it's just how I conduct, like how I am. So if I'm playing, it's... So in a game or in training, it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, in training I probably will be a little bit more careful to not hurt anyone, because obviously it's a team. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I actively try to hurt anybody when I play. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not violent. But to, to train and the guys know how I am on a Sunday when we play, they know that I if I'm not winning, I'm not accepting it. Mm-hmm. So they know I'm exactly the same when I train. So 
to say that I let them know that I'm competitive, I'm not openly saying, oh, I'm extremely competitive. Yeah. Although I'm sitting there, you know, saying that. But just by how I am, like how I conduct myself, so if we warm up, or if we, so yeah, if we warm up, I'll lead it, I'll take I'll take charge, I'll, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm sort of demanding, and I quite like, sometimes people think I'm nagging and really getting on at them. I am. But you just want to do the best. Especially yeah. if you're doing just training with your team, you yeah. want them to perform as well as you want. Yeah, so, and that's why, like, I talk about their age and stuff, and that was probably when I was their age, I probably was a little bit like them. But I, I always think I would never ask them to do something that I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean now, so we haven't we haven't played in over I don't know what we in now. We haven't played yeah we haven't played in like eight nine weeks now. Maybe it's coming up to like two two and a half three months. And I'll go out and I'm like running three four maybe five times a week just to keep in shape just to keep ticking. And the reason that I do that is one is for me so I feel good like within myself. But it's to then, when we play and when we come back, I can demand everything I want from them because I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. So they can't say to me, oh, we'll fletch you. You know, you haven't made that I haven't made that run 10 yards to go and challenge that man because you're not fit because I'll do it. But if they're not doing it and they're not working as hard as I am, yeah. I can forever say, come on, like, get with me. If I don't even have to work as hard as me. I'm a bit obsessive. I, I go a bit far, and that's just how my nature is. But if they just do a little bit, or a bit, bit, and a bit, 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 and a bit, and it'll just build up, it'll build up, and then they'll be sort of, they'll not be like extremely super uber fit, mm. but they'll be fitter than what they they naturally are. They'll I'm, have that background stamina. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think being a part of a team is, it's that, you don't want to let the person down next year. Mm-hmm. So you can say after we play, or after we train, I, I give everything, and I do it for me, but I do it for you as well. And I don't know, maybe guys don't get that. And it might seem like total over the top, because we are literally playing amateur level, but if you're not there, and you're not want, if you're there, sorry, and you're not wanting to win, then don't turn up. Mm-hmm. Do not turn up. And it's like, when you come to training, if you come to training and you don't train, to train to be the best there, why? What is the point? What is the point? I mean, I have friends who like, when we run, I've got my, one of my best mates is a, is a really really good runner and he's fit like me he runs all the time and we were out and I remember this was a few weeks ago and I'm laughing because I know and it, it'll kill me for telling this but <laughs> we were I, I was out running um, maybe it's out of like, two and a half three weeks it was, no, it was, no it was probably about a month ago I haven't ran for a bit I've had a bit of, a, bit of an injury and uh, the, the excuse is coming from yeah I, had a bit, I haven't done anything <laughs> for three weeks but I've just complained about everybody else and I, had, I had a bit of an injury and um where, where he lives, he's sort of like my route, the top end. So if I, I see it, this, this route I did was like an eight mile route. Yeah. So it like, you run, you don't really know where I live that well, but it, it, it's like at the turning point of like halfway. So maybe it's like four mile in, you're sort of near where he lives. Right, yeah. So then you turn back and you come back, so I come back home. Mm-hmm. So I've come, I mean, I, it, Sean, it's Sean finishes work before me. And uh, so as I've come, out of my house and I'm coming down and Bobby's about a mile, mile and a half into my journey. He's obviously, he does a similar route but it's flipped obviously. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming towards my house. So I'm running down like, it's near the arena and I'm running down the road. It's not Sean. It's not Sean. So I get to like, I, I get to like the junction of the, of the round, uh, at the roundabout and he comes shooting across this way to do his loop back. Yeah. So I've seen him and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen him for weeks, bear in mind obviously because of this. And I'm like, 
like waving and everything and he's like and I was like shit he's going out. I was like he's running quite quick it's <laughs> like how am I gonna I, I don't he's gonna post his time in our group and I'm like I've got a beat and I, he's just my best mate so as he's as he's gone round he's like looped around the back of like a, a big like business building mm -hmm. like and he's going round the back of it this way but I'm going up the front here so sort of he's got a little bit longer to run along the flat and then we're running parallel so I'm thinking I need to be ahead of him. You need to but as soon as he comes out the other side, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to see him. So, mate, I'm going down this road, and I've just, I've just absolutely opened up. <laughs> and like, literally, and all I think about is, I can't let him beat me. I can't let him beat me. And people are laughing, think you absolute idiot, you moron. Why would you, mate? I'm not joking. We, I, I ran. I done the loop. I'm coming back, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going okay here. I have like the I have like the Strava run, but I also have because Strava doesn't tell you how quick your miles are. Yeah. So I had the night app running in the background, which tells you your miles. So the night app's going, and it's like first few miles were like low, like six fifties, six fifty fives. I knew I was going to slow down and do eight mile. Mm -hmm. So I was like mile five coming back. It's like seven minutes ten. And I'm like, oh, if I can stick at that, that's quite good going. So I've done the loop coming back, and. Uh, and obviously at the top at this loop you sort of go up a hill and you come back so I'm coming mostly back downhill mm -hmm. I mean, I've done the climb so Sean's on the back end of his run has got to come up this hill and I'm thinking you just pace it down oh I'm thinking like I feel for him got to finish going up this because I've come up it to like at, at, at the middle of my run he's got to come back up here and I was like that's going to kill him so anyhow Gets down, we runs back, and now uh, we pass on the roadside. Him, he didn't see me because he, he's he's at the end of his run, yeah. so he's like thinking, "I'm just gonna get home." Yeah, I'm getting home. <laughs> so I still got like three miles to go, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I've seen him. I was like, ah, and I just continue on. So I continued on, and I got home. And it was like a great run, but I don't think, and this is the point what I'm trying to get to is, I don't think I would have ran that way, that hard that night if I hadn't seen him. Mm -hmm. I would have ran hard and I'd have given it my best. But you wouldn't have pushed yourself. Yeah. And that's not anything. And that's. He, hey, if you were to sit in here, he would tell you exactly the same thing because we saw it like, like that. I mean, there's no shame in that. And he said, and I told him this. I, I told him, I said, mate, I says, I did that time because of you. Did and you beat him or did he beat you? What was the time? I don't want to. I don't want to disclose. I mean, not that. Not that. I. I don't want to throw him under the bus. You know. That's all I'll say. I don't want to throw him under the bus. I. don't know. We could get the Stravas up if we need to get the Strava time. I don't know. I'm because he's ran quicker than me since then. No, but I mean, again, it's that's that to me is healthy. Others, other people will think that that's not healthy. Other people will think. That's just too far and a bit extreme. Mm -hmm. But if that pushes that person, and that's the thing as well, um, I know how he operates. Yeah. So I know him seeing me will have pushed him. But if I saw maybe, I don't know, I know of a guy, of a, like some of my friends who go out running, who are decent runners, if they saw me, it wouldn't change anything for them because maybe it's not as competitive. Yeah. Whereas if I still saw them, I'm still thinking, no, I'm pushing it because I need to be like as as fast as I can and, and, and go and I use this phrase well I, I, one of my friends used it and I've stole it off them because I have I'm not gonna lie I'm just I'm just a gimmick of everybody else I just take their little ideas he said he uses a phrase about going to the well um, and I use it now very often and if he watches he'll know who I am um, maybe say when we sort of had like our the, like the first lockdown well whenever it was maybe it's the middle of last year mm -hmm. actually I'll, I'll, it'll lead on to something else he, he started running um, 
he didn't run, he never really ran before. Um, <laughs> I could try him up and talk for him. Um, and he and he used to, and he started running and he started, he says, I'm gonna just run every day for a month. Um, I'm just gonna start running 5Ks or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fair play. Fair play, because like running 5 5Ks every day for 30 days is quite hard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite the challenge. It is, it is quite the challenge. I've done it, and it is hard. And, uh, and he just plugged away. And there was times where I would go with him because obviously at this point we could do rules of six and exercise or whatever. <laughs> and um, I would go with him and I would and I would be like, I would run mine. Obviously I would run it quicker, but I would sit and I would wait and I would stay with him because I was like, he wouldn't never, he wouldn't shade, he wouldn't mm. stop. But I just think if I stayed there and he's like, he's coming around, we were doing it like the running track sort of, yeah. and he's coming around and he can see me. And I remember there would be times and. And he won't mind me telling you this. I remember there'd be times and he'd have like two laps left and he's like, he's like not flagging, but, and I'm like screaming at him. Go on, man, go on. Like you're all, you can get there. And it's just what, little things like that can help a person so much. So, so, so much. And uh, what, what that leads me back to is, is probably something that I've not really spoke about. Really were a lot of people. I mean, I've always been like sporty, fit, foot, like playing football, running and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's about, maybe it's about, I'd say, maybe about a year and a half ago, probably it's, maybe it's like that October, November of like 2019, probably it's lost, no, sorry, that's probably when I realised, probably it's that year prior, I lost a lot of focus in myself in like exercising and mm-hmm. really like driving as a person to try and like strive to do like good at work or like push yourself to like different I'd lost all that focus, struggling with a few things, just in your head beating yourself up about things, and I'd lost like, I don't know, I'd lost drive. I, I probably lost a bit of identity, really. And um, and I remember it was like an, it was an it was a Sunday in October, and I said to myself, I've had enough of this, and I totally pulled the plug on it, and I just sort of went, mm-hmm. I'd realised, had realisation. I remember my mum and dad were away on holiday at the time. I picked the phone up and I rang them. And I just said, and I just said, look, I don't feel great, struggling with a few things, uh, and and I just told them, I just said, like, I don't really feel as if I'm like doing anything, or and they were really great. I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend at the time, and, and she was great. You know, I spoke to her, and she re- she really listened. I mean, she was fantastic. People are fantastic, and that's the thing. You're a little bit, you're a little bit scared to go. Ooh, I need to get it off. Once it's off, it feels so much better. My God, I'll totally, totally preach that. Absolutely. I remember ringing my parents. I'll tell you this with gospel. I ring my parents. I was in tears. Not, not because like I was ashamed or embarrassed. I think it was tears of like realization and happiness. A little bit of like, oh thank God. And um, ever since then, I've just sort of there, there was a, 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 a there's like a light bulb and a flip of a switch and. Then first, like like from October, like to the beginning of 2020, the beginning of last year, sort of like maybe it's about a year ago to now, maybe it's the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. And focus on just like, and it's something, what we f- we sort of lose track of is we talk about training physically, yeah, training my mind to think, to focus on things like little things that like get little wins on a daily basis, and that built me up, and it built me up to be stronger and stronger. But at this time. I was playing football, but I wasn't fit. I'd lost all of it. I wasn't enjoying the football because I knew I wasn't fit. It was affecting my game. It was, 
I mean, I'm not great, far from great, but I'm, like, I'm, I'm all right. I can play and I'm obviously highly competitive. Yeah. So it was a bit of a vicious circle that. So I was then coming home and beating myself up about it, but trying to then focus on the mindset. But in my head, I'd said, I don't want to push it. I don't want to try and train the mind and train the body at the same time. Yeah, I wanted to get the mind right first and get the body right after. So going on for them few months, I got to like the beginning of March. I was like, oh, I feel a bit, feel a bit more normal now. Mm-hmm. I'll do that because nobody's normal. Yeah, especially me. And uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ricky Spanish. Ricky Spanish. <laughs> so I get it in there. I get it in. No, so it got to like the beginning of March last year, and I was like. I'm going to do it, I'm going to go out and run. And I hadn't ran. I hadn't actively gone out and said, I'm going to go on a run. For this must have been a good year, and that's a long time for me. Totally, that's what I mean. And then I think back to that, wow, why did you do that? Why did you get yourself to that? So I've got no shame in telling people this, that I went out and I couldn't run two miles. And that, like, absolutely butchered me. The pride of me was like... Because you can run, like, quite a few miles yeah, from what I've seen on your Yeah, I mean, I can run. I, and, that, and that is exactly it. I am... Like naturally I am actually a good runner, but because I'd lost everything, I think I'd still at that point don't think I was mentally right to be like how I am now. Yeah. Like really push yourself. So I went out and I ran two mile and I was like what? I was like one point nine on the on the Strava and I was like, done. Fuck, I won't fit him up. So I walked home, I like the walk of shame here. It's like the walk of shame. Shoes in hand. Oh, it's the shoes and makeup everywhere, <laughs> hair was all over. Title riding up, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that's on a good day. No, I'm <laughs> joking, I'm joking. And then I walked home and I was like walking home and I was beating myself up. Why have you done this? Why have you done But from that day then, it was another like, it was another like level of just go again. Mm-hmm. So like I went out and I was in agony and I'm joking, I ran 1.9 miles and my legs were in agony. I was like, oh my god. So I went the next day and it was just like, and I say this to people now, I've got a good friend who I work with who's just started getting into the running. And all I, all, I, all I did at the beginning was just cover the distance. Don't worry about your speed. Go as far as you can before you can stop. Yeah. So then the next day, I was like, go a bit further. Go a bit further. And then that just gradually it built up. And then we started, like, everyone at this point now in, the, in like, excuse me, on social media, was like, we're doing 5Ks. So I was like, right, I'm into that. People are posting their 5K time. I was like, I'm going to... I'm gonna go because it was like five, then nominate five. Yeah, that's something. Clear. Exactly. So people posting good times, and I was like, well, and again the <laughs> mindset of I'm like to say that I'm gonna read, I'm gonna try I'm and better beat than you. Yeah, 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 but not in like, a, in a nice not like a, I'm better than you, boy. Like, but as in like I want to be better than you, and I want, and I, I can't help that. And people will laugh and they'll say, why are you so bothered? And it's not about, I guess it's not about trying to prove anything to them. I think it's just trying to prove something to me and yeah. trying to better me. It's not that you're trying to beat them, it's you seeing yourself as them and trying to better yourself as them. Yeah, absolutely. And that don't mean to be an arse there. I really, really don't. And that's not here. And I, was, and I, and I don't like, I don't look down upon people whose time is slow because I've been, and I'm trying to help people themselves when they run. I've took people out running. Yeah. Oh, we'll get you quicker. Well, I know, I, I know a little few tips. And so these times are coming on, like so on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, Got to beat these, so I started um, started running, and my friend Sean, who was brought up before, at this point he'd been running for quite a while, mm-hmm. and he was really quick, and he was beating me, and I was like, shit, he's beating me. So I says, Sean, I says, we're gonna go to the track. I says, I want you to run. And I says, I'll run on the back of you, like you can pace make for me, or I'll run next yeah. to you. Oh yeah, that's fine, cool. So we went, 
the first time we went, we'd done 5k, and we'd done 5k in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Quick. Which is, yeah, a good time. It's quick. So we were like, I was like, blown, absolutely done. And he was like, wow, he was like, you've only been running for like, this was maybe like May time, two months after like the March thing that we built up to. Mm-hmm. He was like, you've only been running for two months, and you were that. I was like, I was like, that's not like, it's nothing like talent. It's nothing. It's just pure focus and determination. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not like, I don't know, I'm naturally like the most athletic and like, as you can see, I'm not like a beast. It's just working hard and, and being determined and focused. And I think the not wanting to lose like helps that as well. Yeah. And so we, we were running and we started doing that. And um, I think we ended up getting down, we got our 5k time down to like 18 minutes something. Stupid. I'm gonna say, I've never done a sub 21 yet. Stupid, it was stupid. Uh, and we were just like, 1850s and 19s and we were done. We were absolutely like, uh, and so at this point I was like, well, what's the next thing? I need to go further. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, uh, speaking of five, I, I was gonna say speaking of five kids, I did five K last night. Cause I, in, the, in between all this, I've started to focus on longer running. Mm-hmm. So like last night, I hadn't, I've seen it before, I hadn't run for like three weeks. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making excuses here. I'm in for tight hamstring. I'm not bothered about the snow. I've been out in the snow, and I was like, uh, uh, I was do- I've been to the doctors last night, and I was like, right, I'm gonna leave the doctors. I'm gonna go to the running track. And I was like, how far am I gonna do? I'm gonna just do a really quick, short 5k. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't run 5k. I haven't run 5k in a long time. So I did 5k last night. Ran it like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, seven seconds, or whatever. It was quick. It was good. I was done. I was like, you know the hill to come from Silksworth Skates, like the, the running track, yeah. to get back over the car park. It took me like 10 minutes, I was like, oh, oh, absolutely goosed, man, goosed. So, anyhow, cutting back. Started to focus on running longer. So I started doing like six miles and stuff, and I was like, like 10 k's. So like, oh, this was like a comfortable distance. And people were like, oh, the pe- like, people started messaging me, oh, I see you're doing a lot of running, and so people at work, have you ever thought about running a half marathon? I was like, yeah, I've thought about it, and I was like, oh, I think now this is what I'm really looking to train towards is half marathons. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you think you could run a half marathon? I was like, yeah. it was like red rag. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Do you think? Yeah. Well, you just not ran over six miles, eh? right? I've just got to run that twice. I've run a bit more. That's that's just the mindset of people who go. What do you mean, just twice? Well, you do that. So say I do a loop. Yeah. Just do it again, and then a bit further. So I remember I got up and I was, I'd set the day in my head. I'd, I think I'd done like I think I'd done a seven mile or an eight mile in the week. Mm-hmm. And at this time I wasn't as quick as I was then. Uh, sorry, no. At this at now I can't speak. Then I wasn't as quick as I am now. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right in my head, I was like, just do a, do a half marathon under two hours. Just do it. Yeah. So I got up on a Sunday morning and it was like seven o'clock Sunday morning. And then just bash my arms. Bash my arms. And then, and then I had a run. No, no I, uh, I, uh, I, I was like, right, just get up, get some fuel, some porridge, and just go out. I was running, and I was done. I was done at like nine mile, absolutely done. I, I was proud actually that I got to nine mile. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I wasn't stopping. I was not stopping. And I remember I got, I done like a, I had a plan or a route in my head. It was like a rough idea of, uh, of actually like what. I think it's like 13.2, isn't it? 13.1. 13.1. Yeah. Talking about going off the miles. Mm-hmm. Which I've actually signed up for myself for. I did last year, hoping to do it in 2020, and I've just recently, I think like last week, I've re-signed myself up. Do it. For a, I'm dressed as Captain America for it. Holy. Holy smokes. Wow. 
You're gonna run with a shield. Yeah, yeah, I've got the shield and it's like a full on like you know he's out there from Infinity War. Yes. That one. Have you got the ass for it though? I'm working on it. That's okay. <laughs> That's, okay. That's America's ass, do you know that? It's I'm gonna make it Britain's ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Ricky Spanish. <laughs> no, so I had this route and I'm running it and I get I'm like I'm back like to home now, but I'm on like eleven mile. So I've got to find two more miles, but you know how easy it is when your front door's there? Yeah. You go, dude, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm done. I'm out. So I was like, I just find two mile, and I'm running. And, I, and I'm not even running. I'm like literally like plodding. Gassing out. Oh, absolutely. So I get it done, and it ends up being like, I'm not joking. I get the time up. I was sure it was like 1 hour 59. It was like to the wire. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, I was chuffed. I was proper proud. So I posted it, does all the thing, you know, Instagram, whatnot. And I had people messaging me like, what the fuck are you? And I was like, I'm done. I was like, I kind of I run for a week. I was gah. So I get in, a big believer in it. If you haven't tried it, try it. Ice cold Ice baths. baths. Yeah. They work a treat. Absolute. But oh, just get in, just get it done. And it, honestly, I was like, I got out. I was in agony. Got out, but I was like, oh, I feel dead fluid. It's mm -hmm. all, it does everything just like feels like loose and so I, I, I'd done that and I think that was, at that point then, that was like, maybe that was the middle of me, back end of me and I was like, I'm, I'm really into it now. Mm -hmm. I'm really like, feel as if I'm just going to keep going and keep going. And so then for like the next, like what we're in now, so like the next six, seven months, ah, oh, it's just running all the time. Like the, la the lockdown, like before Christmas, like the November, oh, yeah. like December yeah. one, I was at work and I was the lads are like, they're, they're all, we, all, hey, we have got great guys who I work with. We all take the make, we all have a big joke, and they all bat me for the running and posting it yeah. and all that. And uh, a few of them are getting into it because of it, which that really makes me proud because I'm happy that being able to do that is helping other people. Yeah. So they're like, why didn't you do a challenge in the lockdown? I was like, oh shit, I was like, that's a great idea. But I was like, what, we what am I going to do? I was like, well, we've got a four week lockdown. I went, okay. So I was just, we just stood at there, like, like uh, the desks and stuff, and I was like, I'm going to run 10k every day for four weeks, and I'm like, shut up. I was like, I'm going to run 10k. Because obviously, I mean, these guys who run marathons for 30 days, and these yeah. guys are ultra fit. I was like, I'll run 10k. I was like, I Especially because you've already done the 5k's. Yeah, I've done the 5k's, right? I, I'm now, at this point now, so they, this is November, like last year, at this point now, I'm running like, I'm running like 10k's three or four times a week. Mm. I'm running a bit further a couple of times. So. I, but I'm not running it every day, so I've got no recovery time. So I was like, right, we'll do it. The day one post. So I was like, the point, I mean, you saw the post I was doing it like every day on Instagram and that. And I was like, snipping the time. And uh, I just remember being on day three. And I was like, day three was like a Sunday or whatever. It was like a four, it was like a four week thing. And day three was a Sunday. It was definitely a weekend. And I ran it on day three and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is awful. I had like three days and I was like, why? What? And I just think maybe that was just a bit of fatigue. So I started just smashing calories in mm -hmm. and like stretching, rope, like foam roller, and like I started doing it. So like I got to like day 14, which was obviously the halfway point. Yeah. And at this point, like it got a little bit, it got a bit of traction, not viral. But I had people messaging me like, oh, like I've seen you being going for a run a day, and I'm going out. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, and then as I started to think about it, like, I think subconsciously I am doing it for me to be fitter and mm -hmm. to have a bit of focus to not, but 
the posts and then became for other people to then say, oh, well, it's raining, it's chucking it down. Oh, but Fletcher's out running. Yeah, no, because you kept posting a lot on Facebook as well. And I remember I texted Katie and I was like, oh, Fletcher, he's my old manager, he keeps posting. Fucking, he see you post every day, it's doing weird. But I was like, oh, he's run 10k, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. And then I went, you know what, I could still do that, I haven't run it a bit. And I went out run. That was the aim. Run, went out run. That was the aim. That was the, I think that was, that was what the aim become. Um, one, like I said before, it was for me. But then to have other people messaging me, <clears throat> I mean, I'll tell you something now, I'll be real. There was times, I think, I can't remember what day it was. It's funny because I can probably, I can pretty much remember each run and how I felt. But there was a day when I was like, my God, I cannot be bothered. Yeah. It's cold, it's wet. And I was like, that, that sort of doubt started to creep in. I was like, just don't, don't let that creep in. So I got home and it was like, it was become regimental. It was like, oh, it works like five minutes from my house. So it was like, home, change, go. Yeah. I wasn't even having my tea. So I was like, and that was like become routine. And this day, I remember I sat down, I was like, and I made a point of like, not stopping, literally I would come in from work, I would get changed and go out, I wouldn't take, and I sat down, I was like, oh no. But because of other people, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if they hadn't messaged me and said that I wouldn't have gone, I would have gone, I would have. But because of other people, I was like, I can't let them down. Now we expect them to yeah. see a Fletcher post. Yeah, and I know that sounds cringy, and I'm far from like saying, oh, like everyone was checking and going like, Whoa, Fletch! like nah but the the one or two people who did message me saying like that day because I put on that day I think man that was like an extreme struggle I think it was my slowest time mm -hmm. of the lot but I put on I was like absolutely struggling but then the response to that was like people's nice like people were being like really great. kind and like oh that's great like you know you've got to go you've got to keep going and I'll tell you something now, right? And this is the gospel truth. The next day I said to myself, and that was after my worst day. And I remember the next day, I woke up and I was like, I was like a different animal. Because it tackled that. Yeah. I was like, what? So that night I said, all right, I'm going to go to the running track. I said, I, I'd been doing the same route for like 20 odd days at this point. I think it was like day 22 or something, that bad day. And day 23 was my good, like the best time I ran. I've been doing the same route for 20 odd days. That becomes mind numbing. Mm -hmm. That becomes mind numbing because you're just sort of like, I'm halfway, um, oh, there's a hill here, oh my God, like, am I, I'm you're slow. Yeah, you, you know exactly where you should be at each at your time. So my times were quite like steady, the were steady. Mm. So day 23, I was like, I'm gonna go to the running track. My feet were sore, like the sole of my feet were just like, I mean, blistered. They're just like, were off like the impact. They were just sore, like yeah. tender. So I went there, I went to like, the running track on day 23. And I just walked round, walked round, and I was like, I'm gonna absolutely smash this. And I'm not joking you, right? I ran my best 10K time I've ever ran. Day 23 into this challenge, and it, I ran it in like 40 minutes, seven seconds. Yeah. Which quick. is impressive. Time. Quick, very quick. So me, being me, was like, wow. I, 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 was, I, was, I, was, I was impressed. Because it's hard for me to, try, to really like impress myself, because I'm always like trying to be better and trying to be better. Mm -hmm. So I got to, I dropped me four. Whoa. And I can remember, it was funny I can remember running, and I run with my headphones in, listen to music. Sometimes I like to listen to like the podcasts and stuff, people talking. Yeah. And I can anything remember- Anything Yeah, anything. Like, uh, to be honest with you, I quite like listening to like, like the classical music, quite common. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? I used to watch it on the way home from the arena. Yeah. It was bro. Classic. Like, yeah, my <laughs> killing it. No, so I can remember running. And when I go to the running track, it's like, 
it's a bit it's a bit doggy dog for who wants that inside lane because the inside lane is obviously the lane yeah, you want. Yeah. So uh, when you go there and you're in that lane, and you can get off, you get overtaken. You're like, oh, fuck sake, like, <laughs> this guy's quick. I've been there. So I went that night and I was blasting round, blasting. And there was a group of like two young like girl, I say young women, early twenties. And I can remember at this point, I'm like probably on mile five and I'm like flying and I'm like, I know I'm running on a good time and I can remember going past them and I remember like, like they must have got a sh- shock and it was so, it was so <laughs> funny because they, they were just get like, oh fucking slow down man and I was like, and I, is that focused? And I, as I come back round again, I was like, month of best 10k time here and I'm like running trying to tell them, I was like, get out the fucking way, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't want to be overtaken yet. So fair play, they shifted. I get around, I completed, like I say, 40 odd minutes, 40 minutes, 7 seconds, and I, and I had like 5 minutes, and I sat down, and I was like, wow, like, freezing, obviously, I sat there, and I was like, I'm so chuffed for that, mm-hmm. so chuffed, but then, the, 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 the poisonous, toxic in me was like, why didn't you get above 40? So I was like, I was like, there's no, no, there's never any winning, never any winning, and you've got to learn, and I think, I think now I'm not as like, I, 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 looking back on that now, I'm probably happier now than I was at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. so when I'm talking about it now, I'm like dead chuffed about it. But I, it was funny because he was like, for like five minutes looking at it, I was like, wow, I can't wait to post that. <laughs> and then I walked back to the car and I was like, why didn't you do it under 40? Like, you know, yeah. but, so that that really helped. And I mean, one of my one of my good friends at work, he. He's like he's similar to me. We like we like same we like the same things and like we have similar tastes. But I think doing that helped him. Mm-hmm. And he said to me like one thing. He said, you know, when I started, and I just said the same thing. Just focus on running. Don't worry about your timings. Don't worry about. And we started to get him up to like five k's. And and he said he said you don't judge me on my time. I was like no because you get the utmost respect from me from going out. Mm-hmm. As soon as you step out, do anything, you get my respect. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be exercise. And this is what I messaged him last night because I knew I was doing this today. I was like, is there anything you want me to talk about? Um, in general, he says, uh, what? He said, you know what, right? He says, there's a thing, there's a trait, what? Like, cultural, like society that we have now is people want other people to feel. Yeah. People take joy in seeing other people feel. And he's right. Because I think when I started posting, that was the thing of, I need to do this every day now, because people want me, people will be watching that going, you'll not be able to do that. Yeah. That, for me, was like, fuel, you know, that. But if some people don't like that, some people are like, oh God, if someone wants me to feel that, I don't really know if I want to step out into that area and like, and feel. Because you're very vulnerable at that exact stage that you go out with the possibility that you're going to feel. Yeah, and I think, reverting back to that first run that I did when I was like, putting run to a mile, I failed, but the thing is with failure, it's it's just it's about learning, really. Mm-hmm. You best people, elite level sportsmen, elite level people in anything have failed. We've failed. Everybody who's here has failed at something, but it's about what you do with that failure and what you make from it <clears throat> to be able to channel it into something into good. Mm-hmm. I've failed many times in things, many a times. Did I dwell on it? Maybe when I was younger, probably we did. But now, I was going to say being older and wiser, but I wouldn't use wider, <laughs> wiser. Being older, you, you learn what to do with that. You learn where to put that and what to do and 
like how, how to channel that into making you a better version of you mm-hmm. and that's the thing and again and, and we were talking I mean, and we were texting last night for a little bit and he said he said a lot of people try to work in silence um, because of that they don't want to open up to people and say oh I'm doing this every day yeah in case that person's not like wanting the best for that person yeah so people operate in silence because then they're thinking oh, nobody knows I failed then but once you once you say once I said I'm doing 10k for 28 days I have five guys around me who I work with saying fair play yeah I, and to be fair to my friend he said to me candidly he said he went you'll not do that and I know he didn't mean it in a hurtful way he didn't mean it but what he meant was what he no what he done was was he knew he was fooling me he knew how I operated and he knew if I say that I know he'll still do it and he said and I mean I was on uh, I was on like day 6 day 7 and I remember him asking me how are you feeling I feel okay I says I can feel it my body can feel it I've run for 7 days in a row yeah. 6 miles I can feel it and he said you know he said I know on day 26 or 27 or 28 if you're in absolute agony and he said this to me and it was really nice and he doesn't realise that he said I know you'll still do it and he said that, and he looked me straight in the face, he said, I know you'll still be out there. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, I will. And little things, little conversations like that with people can do an awful lot. I, I'm quite confident in what I can do and mm-hmm. how I, but that's helped me. And that and that's something, again, going back to that toxic trait of people wanting to fail, to have someone actually say, I, I don't think you'll be able to do it. I know he didn't mean it. What he was doing was, he was being clever because he knows how I operate. Yeah. And for him to then say a week in, I know you can do it. it was like it was really nice actually really really nice people don't realize that small little things like that little comments can change a person's day or change a person's like outlook on things yeah, yeah. And again i mean we're in obviously midst of whatever one of the most weirdest times ever mm-hmm. really and it's like now we're in what february cold wet Dark. I mean, it's starting to change. It's getting a little bit yeah, lighter. It's getting, it's getting lighter. a little bit. But every now and then, the weather is freaking to snow, ice. So, like, we go back to work after Christmas in January, right? Everyone's depressed. Everybody is like down. They're not. They're not enjoying because we're in darkness. We can't see friends and family, and it's like, what are we? What are we doing? You know? And then, I, and I sort of said to myself after Christmas, because I've probably been guilty of this myself in the past, mm-hmm. and I'll hold my hands up. I sort of said, you know what, try and make somebody's day better, each day, mm-hmm. even if it be a little compliment, or even if it be going out your way to help someone, <clears throat> I have been guilty in the past, and I will hold my hand up and say, sometimes I've been mean, yeah. sometimes I haven't been the best possible version of me, I haven't always been nice, and which is only human, it is, it is, but when you do it to the people that you care about, that's not nice, when you think about it, when... And I think back, and I think, God, you're a bit of a, bit of a dick at times, you know? Rude, like, arrogant, obnoxious, not kind. And and it takes... And, and, and I sat there, and I assessed myself, and I sort of took it. it take, it's like taking a step out of yourself and looking at yourself. It's like mm-hmm. sitting yourself there, and then standing yourself there, and looking at yourself and thinking, like, is that the best possible version of you? Mm-hmm. It takes a great, it takes a great deal of, um, I think, the, maybe it'd be humility to, to add up, like to own up and say, hey, you know what? I've did wrong. 
I've done things that are wrong and they've done things that aren't great. But now all I can do is focus on being the best possible version from that and mm. learn from that. <clears throat> I mean, I, I was with like my ex-girlfriend for a, a few years. And to be fair, you know, I probably wasn't the best possible version of me for her. Mm -hmm. And that inevitably ended up probably why we didn't work out. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you look back on that and that, I, I don't really regret very many things. I try not to regret very many things. Probably just regret that because you're a great person. She was mint, you know what I mean? Like, an like a, a, a unreal person. And I probably let her down. And, you know, it, be all and all of it is, if I'd actually probably realised this a little bit earlier, maybe we might have been in a different position. Maybe, who knows? That's, that's, you know, that's one of those things. But it takes that, that moment of, take that step out and look at yourself and think, what am I doing? Yeah. Am I being... I'm, like the kindest thing in the night and being nice that actually takes nothing mm. literally takes nothing I mean it, it can be as simple as someone like wearing their hair differently and that's the thing men are afraid to compliment a woman on anything especially a lot more nowadays yeah because there's a fear of it being construed or con you know if you see it in the correct manner oh your hair's different today that looks nice mm -hmm. You don't have to there's make... nothing wrong with it. No, no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Or like, oh, I'm a, I, you, you mean the only people you see now are people at work and stuff like that, really? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, oh, your makeup's different, or your eyeshadow's different. Like, there's nothing wrong with seeing that. Yeah. But people are afraid to say that because they, they don't want to. It's again, it's like you put yourself out on the beer, don't you? Put yourself out on the beer for someone to say, should be creep. You know, but you do, and. And there's nothing, and, and if you can be that person to be like, oh wow, like, a, a little compliment, a dear, mm. or to help someone, or anything, that, you don't do that for you to make you feel better, you do that for them, and then it's like taking happiness. And then it gets the gratitude to you as well, so it's like a double. Of course it is. I mean, I'm, 20, I'm 27 next month, right? So I've got friends who live with their partners, having kids, mm. and I'm not at that point in my life yet, like, I'm not at that stage, but I take great happiness. From seeing them happy, yeah, and that is like, you know, when you can when you can finally realize that and take that moment of <clears throat> seeking seeing happiness in others, like you're winning, yeah, you're winning, because you don't. I mean, I'm happy, I'm put, I'm not down or anything. I'm actually really really happy, and I think that's a mixture of me being understanding where I am in my life and happy with what I've got, mm -hmm. but seeing others I care about around me be happy. And to be able to have that, because there's people who will, unfortunately, and it's a shame, you have best friends and you have good friends and you have friends, and some of those people will envy people. Yeah. And that's just a trait that people have. I have no envy for anybody. Like, literally, I, I am so happy for friends who are at that level now, you know? And if you can, if you can find that, or you can find that happiness from there, you're winning. You are winning. Trust me. You... I think that's what I found in, in this lockdown specifically, like a lot of these podcasts and what all of last year was meant to be for us and why I managed to make it, was all just sort of focusing on my own self, focusing on my physical health, my mental health, bettering myself. And then like about October, November time, I realised like, yes, I probably have bettered myself a lot and for what I can do, but at the same time I'm starting now to realise some of the shit that I've done. So on Christmas, I messaged every single one on my Facebook list 
messaged them all just like, oh no, we don't speak much, but you know, I just told yeah. you're doing well in this lockdown. And loads of people have like, few people maybe just were like, and then screwed us up. Well, you Snapchat me, I'm, I'm sure you did. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, because I speak to you more on Snapchat, so it's Snapchat yeah. too. And then, so like everyone who were probably I haven't spoken to in a few years all reached out again, and we had a lovely conversation. So it was then nice to sort of clear the mold with everyone. And then at that point, I was like, right, cool. Now I don't regret everything. I've said, you know, my piece, I've made amends with everyone. Now I can focus on continuing to be that better. Yeah, and that's, and that's important. You use the words there, make amends. Because when you can close your eyes at night, right, and you can close your eyes and, and you've made peace and you've found inner peace for yourself, and you rest your eyes at night and you know that you've got no guilt, mm -hmm. you, you, you will be happier. When you can find that moment of, close my eyes and I'm here now and I'm happy with where I am. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe she might, and I was talking about regret before, you might regret those things, but the, the bigger person and the bigger man, the bigger woman, challenges and tackles that regret. Mm -hmm. God, I did wrong. It's how, it's how you, it's how you sort of face that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you regret things and I regret things. You can either let it stay there and continue to regret, or you can use that to let it, like, you can take it out and just let it, let it fuel you. Yeah, mm. I've done wrong, right, okay, I need to be better for that, for other people. It's, it's, it's Well, there was one... There was a few people who, of course, didn't have a very positive response back to the ones I did. Uh, there was some, it was my best friend in secondary school, and me and him had a massive falling out over numerous of things. And I messaged him as well, just to make sure he was doing okay. And he throws some abuse at us, but I just said, I think he was like, oh, why are you looking at, why are you looking at me? It's really sorry. And I was just like, I just, why are you looking at what? Your Instagram story <laughs> was as pathetic as that, but I was just like, you know what? I'm just glad to see that you're happy doing whatever the hell you're doing, so take care of me. And then he just didn't respond to that. Then deleted the conversation, of course I didn't really follow him on Instagram anyway, I was just messaging him. But to that, I was like, I've reached out to someone who clearly was a big part of my life anyway, and I made amends. If he doesn't want to, then that's absolutely fine, but I can go to sleep. He's probably still rattled and wound up that I've looked at his Instagram story to see that he's in Sainsbury's or something, but I'm completely sound with life. And then one of my mates from college as well is the sole reason I got into boxing in the first place. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, and sort of taken from what you said, spite is a really great motivator. And so he... Spite, basically. Yeah, spite. Because he was like, I think it was like some a couple of years ago, and he was like, oh, we've got some like boxing pads in, in my garage. Do you want to use them? I was like, oh, no, because I know fine well you'd just be the shell. I mean, me being really small and skinny and that. Yeah. And so he put us down for it. And then I was like because the arena having white gold boxing events, I said to Dylan, oh, I quite fancy doing one of them. So I said to the lads, I was like, do you think I could do one of this? And he was like, no, no, you'll never do it. You're a skinny little... So I then did it and I've trained and every time I post anything to do with the fitness or the boxing, he always makes a comment in the group chat. So eventually, because of like making amends with everyone, I was like, you know what? I just, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. So I fired back, he was like, who's do you think he is, fucking Mike Tyson? So I sent him a picture of me, and then Mike Tyson went, most people can't show the difference. And that <laughs> rattled him up so much. And it just made me, because I wasn't really doing fitness, I wasn't eating well, like November, 
December, even January, just not because it was just Christmas, just because it was the third time we're in a lockdown. Yeah, I guess people done. Gym's closed again. Yeah. I've got stuff here, but it's just like it's cold and I was struggling to find that motivation. And then yeah. him rattling me up in a little bit, I was like, nah, I can definitely do it. Yeah. And it wasn't to prove anything. I mean, it was to prove to me that I can still do it. It was to prove me boxing camp that I'm still going to come into the gym. I'm still going to motivate myself and push. Like yesterday, was it yesterday? It was Thursday, literally this Thursday. Worst session I think I've ever done in my life. Performance-wise, I sat there, I was like, I could have done that. That should have been so easy for me. Yeah. But it was the worst thing. Like, the second round, I was like, I want to be sick. I want to pass out. Yeah. And I did it because we had to do 250 metres raw on the treadmill as quick as we could. So I did it in, like, 52 seconds. So from that point, now I need to do lower than 52 seconds. He wasn't allowing me to do any more. Yeah. Five tricep tips, five pull-ups, five push-ups, and then um, a quick few combinations on the bunch bag. Yeah. No break in between any of them. And then as soon as you do that, one, you've got to do it straight again. Ooh. You do that seven times. Ooh. And by the second one I was like, I'm, I'm gonna pass out. I'm done. Yeah. But I just kept saying, like, just push and I was gritting my teeth, I was swearing, I was yeah. honestly in absolute agony. And I knew from especially from the boxing training all of last year and that a lot you know, you can physically do a lot but mentally, you'll start cutting yourself out. Your body, will, your mind will go, yeah, you're tired, just start giving up. And as soon as you tell your body, no, no, I can definitely go longer, then your mentality just goes, right, okay, Brent, we'll do what your body is capable of doing. And I'm pushing myself to the last step. You bang on there, there's a quote um, that I use. And that's why I think what I did was, and it's something that it goes like, if you, I've trained my mind, my body will follow. Once you yeah. win that battle there, that will come with it. And it's it, it's 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 as, it's as truthful as it is. So like when you talk about being tired, right? Being there myself, you're not. You're really not. When you think you're tired, right? You're not. You've got so much more to give, but just that's your body. Once that goes, no, no, you're all right. Just keep going. You you, you can't stop. Mm -hmm. And it's like what you're saying there about wanting like nearly vomiting. Nothing wrong with that. Like because that shows to me if you if you stopped there and then and vomited. Out, like, you're pushing yourself. I've done it. I've been running, been sick. Yeah. Because I push myself that hard because I want to be the best possible at that. Vomit everywhere. No, no shame in admitting that. It's, it's, it shows the the, the person that you are. I mean, you used a guy there to compare yourself with Mike Tyson. Have you ever watched Mike Tyson talk? Now, and it. I've worked for some of his recent interviews. Mike Tyson is the perfect example of a person like realizing what they were and <clears throat> becoming what they are now mm -hmm. so he was like the baddest man on the planet but he was also not a nice person x y and z but if you watch him now and he he seems to harbor a lot of regret and a lot he carries a lot of pain mm -hmm. if you watch his interviews and i think if a guy from that level there where he was to what he is now can do that. Hey, oh, I thought you were waving at this. No, I was just saying brain damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, I thought you were like, there's a camera. Brain damage, that's uh, what it probably is. It's probably, yeah, maybe it is. But if there's a guy there's a guy like that who's been at that level, right, who can now be what he is now. <laughs> now he's <laughs> the camera done. <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and he focuses on it. And he uses things, and he, there's, a there's an interview he uses on being, being the art of humbleness. And I like to think, like, what, what, what is humble? What is a humble person? 
Because if you read it right, if you, you can you tell me a trait of a humble person? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Being grateful for what you have, being nice to others. And people always associate, like how I talk about being competitive. People will say, oh, you can't be humble and competitive. Mm -hmm. But you can. Yeah. You can. Because the humbleness comes from being decent. At so, so say if you're quite good at something, quite good at running, right? I don't look down on people who can't run as quick as me, or can't run as far as me. I actually try to help them. Yeah. So there's an art of being humble, but also being competitive. It's like, there's two different ways. You can be really like, arm around people. You got work, you know, you can do this, you can do that. But then in yourself, it's like, you're totally not humble about yourself. You can be, I need to do the best I possibly can. Really, really like bang into it. Or then you get a friend of yours who can only run two miles. And you don't pity them. You don't like look down upon them or anything. What you do is, is you just, you reassure it and you make sure that like, you know, you're doing good. You do, you do me one mile, you're doing good. As soon as you yeah. put the trainers on to run, you're doing good. And, it, and what we've talked about, we spoke a lot about exercise. And this doesn't have to be about exercise. If you find something what's good for you, it, it could be drawing. I mean, I'm, I'm just not creative at all or anything like that. It can be drawing, it can be like acting, or it can be any little thing you want, right? Find it and, and put some time and some energy into it. And honestly, you'll reap, like, reap the rewards of it. Mm -hmm. You find something, right? Put loads of energy, effort, and if it be drawing, writing, reading, honestly, you'll think six months down the line, you'll go, oh my God, like, I used to draw like shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm actually quite good. Or you don't have to even be good. If you find happiness in it, mm -hmm. so fuck. It's like the, uh, an exercise is another thing. I, I, I'm, I'm different because I'm trying to be. But there's people who will exercise, right? Who will never change. Mm -hmm. But they exercise because it keeps them happy. Yeah. That's like the best thing. You can find happiness in, in things that you can do. Well, well that's what my dad's doing. He's I mean, he's coming up 60 next year. And because my brother-in-law, when he started, he's he's probably a better runner now than me. And he was he's like, he was a ex-heavy smoker, big beer belly from going out three times a week. And he doesn't mind us talking about this. When he started running, I was then sort of still in my element. I was just starting the boxing, so I did all the running. So I always pulled my pace down to him and just said, if you're going to... Stop if you feel like you're gonna stop running or you're slowing down, just keep that sort of motion. Even if it's slower than a person walking, you're still doing that motion Don't stop. you're going. Yeah. Now he's a fantastic runner. But me and my dad would go out and we even do we have a little gym talk group mm -hmm. and we always because we've got a gym now built in my nans, we go, Oh, we're we're gonna go to such and such, or we're gonna go to Bells, or we're gonna go to the gym, or we're gonna go for a run. Do you wanna come? And then because it's like, Oh, they're going, yeah, I'll go. That'll motivate him to go. When I wasn't feeling too down, it would motivate me to go. It keeps him dad going just because he's 60, he wants to keep a bit fit. Yeah. But he's doing it because he knows if he goes out and runs, it's going to get us to go out and run. It's good to have that. That is that is massively important. That's why when you share it with other people, it, it's like, oh, I'm not gonna, I, don't, I, I found when I was doing it, I don't want to let people down. And I know it wouldn't have let people down. Yeah. But it's like, well, no. I, I'm, if you're going out, I'm going out. Mm -hmm. Everybody... I don't care what anybody says, and people might disagree with this, but in my opinion, everybody has that competitiveness in them. Yeah. That, that and I, you know, there's like a, a, a analogy of like the yeah. lion, the lion within you. Everyone has that. It's whether or not you want to let that out and be that person. And it's about because there's ways and means you can be, you can have that, let that lion come out, and you can be intolerable, and you can be awful. But once you tame it, when it's out, 
you know when to be like that. So I know people who are like not too bothered about winning, and that's because they're they're afraid to let that out. Mm. They're afraid to they're afraid to lose. There's a massive fear about losing. There really, really is, isn't it? I see. The thing is, I can, I can only really talk from a boxing point of view more than a footballer's or anything. But with the fear of losing, I've always most of my boxing training in the camps are more mental games with it for the art of boxing, and it's not to go in with the arrogance of yeah, you're a good boxer, you're gonna win. Don't go in, go in and go, I could possibly lose. And because of that, that'll drive you more than going and going, oh yeah, I'll win. Yeah, yeah, you don't wanna get carried away, do you? And I mean, it's because of that fear of losing that you then up your game to be like, oh no, I'm a good boxer, I'll, I'll prove it here, because I, I don't wanna lose. Yeah, and when you, it's like, boxing's, I mean, I respect that because I wouldn't get into boxing, right? No, like, I'm not getting hit. I don't think I would no, like to. No, I'm not getting hit. But it's people who do like soul sports like that, so it's like them. They've not got a team. It's you. So they get my utmost respect because you can't rely on anyone else. Yeah. If I have a bad game and I play, I've got ten other people who can have a good game and we can win, or vice versa. My thing with the arena, it's just me and that boxing ring. So I've got to prove it to myself. But yeah. I was going to make myself have the most amount of stress possible. So not only did I feel like it was needed that I do it at the arena, my first ever job, yeah. and where I saw it, I was like, you know what, I probably could do that. A arena, arena, where I still work. B, fill half the arena with everyone who I worked with from here's travel, the hospital, the arena itself who don't work there, yeah. and then my own family and friends. Half the arena anyway is going to be my crowd, so yeah. not only have I now got to go up there and be like, I need to do this for myself, I might lose, I can't let that happen, I've got now all my people watching who are going to be cheering me on, that's great, but I've also got them two friends who were like, oh no, you'll never do this, and would put me down, I'll purposely put them front row. Yeah. So now I'm going to miss me. You can't miss me be great here. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, you say, I can't do this. Well, you watch get me. in the ring with yeah. me. Come on. And we'll go to the car park afterwards. I'm brain you all over. No, after I win this, I'm brain you. You know what I mean? We you might have to explain what brain means, by the way. Brain, brain means uh, knock the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Beat Glasgow up. Kisses. Beat up. <laughs> nah, we talk about a lot about sport and actually something out. I probably should. Yeah. I probably should ask my friends if I could talk about this, but they'll not mind. They, they're good. They're good. You know Ryan and Sean. Yeah. yeah. You know what Ryan and Sean have been through. Uh, so when we were in like probably your age, really like early twenties, obviously they were both very unwell. Mm-hmm. They both had testicular cancer. And uh, something that made me do now, especially now that as I'm older, because in the moment when you're there and they're unwell, it was like like you don't know what to do. Oh God no. But you appreciate, like, you appreciate your health, and I think that's why I am as I am now. You appreciate your health so much more because I, I had two best friends who were going through that, and I was like, mm-hmm. how, how, like, you feel a bit guilty and stuff, you know? You feel that like they, they, they've been unwell, and you're fine, and you're like, so now I think fully healthy man, like, I should make the most of it as I can. Yeah. Because. Unfortunately for, for Ryan, he's not quite 100% yet. He's still working. I mean, hey, he's out running. He's out running. I message him. I, I, I love it. He's, he's a lot of people would have probably just given up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's probably been times where he's probably felt like that. But using him and seeing him do that, like, that for me is like, that, that, I've got no excuse. Nobody's got no excuse. I mean, he goes out, he's just like five Ks in mm-hmm. good time, you know? He's never always been, he's never been the fastest ever. 
He knows that because I've always beat him in a race. But yeah, uh, yeah, honestly, that's an ongoing, <laughs> it's an ongoing joke. Cross five yards, you'll beat me. No, but look at this camera. That's definitely a good one. Yeah, you'll not beat me across five yards. <laughs> right, <Ryan> Collard. No, <laughs> sorry, bro. And and so to see him going out and seeing him doing that and making the most physically of what he can do at the moment, that that like fills me with pride. I mean. I always remember, and this is silly, it's a little comparison of how, like, how life can be so, it can be so, like, fragile, really, is, we went, this was four, five years, five years ago, maybe it's four, five years ago, we went away for a weekend, we went to Liverpool, mm-hmm. and he wasn't very well, he kept getting pains in the face of his back, and we went away, we had, like, um, what was it, like, five of us went, yeah, five of us went, we had him like two nights away and he wasn't well but he was like plodding on you know and we come back and Ryan lives in London he teaches down in London that's where he lives and he went back down there and I think it was like the week after the Friday or something I got a phone call I don't remember where I was at the time I got a phone call it wasn't five years old whatever it was four years old I got a phone call and he said uh, oh, Fletcher I'm, I'm not very well it's like alright okay do you know where Sean is I said oh I'm just I'm not with him. So anyhow, as it transpired, obviously, it explained that he'd uh, obviously got testicular cancer. And from the space of, like, seeing him in the August to then going and seeing him, I think uh, my, my timing might be off. It wasn't very long. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he'd have to start intensive chemo straight away. It was very, like, quite far on. Mm-hmm. And I had to go and see Well, I didn't have to go and see him. Like, I wanted to go and see him, and I went, went down. We went down after work on a Friday night. And you know when you have moments in your life where you'll like you you'll never forget, and you want them to be like happy moments and nice moments. Mm-hmm. I can remember going into his house. His mum and dad were there; they'd both gone down. And I'd gone with his brother and his cousin. And I went in, and I was like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And like, I just can't, I can't explain. Like, it, it, from a month later, he looked like a totally different person, and it was it was awful. Like, it was awful uh, to see his parents like that, <clears throat> him clearly unwell, mm-hmm. his brother, his whole family. And I was like, my God, like, how fragile is life? It's just changed like that for him. It changed like Especially because he was the same age as you. Yeah, we, it's, like, it's like his birthday next week. So there's like a month between us in ages. And, I, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, like, how, why him? You know, you just go through so many things. And I guess, to not to not sound selfish or anything, I guess when that was going on, you, you sort of then, it, it helps. It helps you with things because you're not like, things you would worry about before you think, well, I've got to worry about that for. Yeah. He's going through something extremely like, life-changing and life-threatening. And um, how, how am I meant to like, how am I, meant to worry about some stress at work or mm-hmm. anything like that. I mean, to quickly to go back to that, I mean, we all know that, and this is the, the extremely freaky, weird part of the whole thing, is that obviously Ryan was diagnosed, and Sean, his twin brother, twin, mm-hmm. by the way, was uh, <coughs> living up northeast of us, you know, up here, and um, about a week later, not even a week later from Ryan's diagnosis. Yeah, he was like, I was talking to him all the time, obviously making sure he was okay and stuff. Obviously, every day. 
And uh, he was straight up with me, he rang me, and he said, uh, Fletcher, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, what's up? He says, God, I went on a Tesco. And I was like, my God, like, what? What? Like, within a week of each other. So me, obviously, I was like, have you told your mum? Told your dad? No. They've got, and this is the type of guy he is. No, no, and I remember this. No, no, they've got enough to worry about. I was like, mate. But obviously, at this point, he didn't know. Yeah. But I'm not being funny. When you have that, you, you pretty much know, don't you? It's Especially much, if you're twin. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, literally a week before. So I always remember um, he came around with me, and obviously, Sean's parents had gone down. Well, sorry, well, I should say, it's Ryan's. Ryan and Sean's parents, like Ryan's dad, lived in London. That's where he worked. So he lived with Ryan. Mm -hmm. Their, their mum lived up here. So mum went down, left Sean and his girlfriend living in the house, you know. She went down to be with Ryan. So we said, you know, as a family, it was like, like, Sean, just come over ours. You can have tea and that with us and stuff. We'll do and help as much as you can. And I remember that. Mums and mums aren't there. Mums are always going to be like, my mum's quite straight up. And I remember we were sat here having, like, tea. And my mum had been talking to me about it. She was like, you know, you need to check yourself. You know, all this. I know, mm. I know, I know. So obviously, I know this about Sean. I've not spoken to my parents about it because it's not my thing, you know. I, his parents don't know, so I want to go and tell my parents before his parents know. So he come to hours for tea. We're just talking, you know, and we're addressing what's going on because you've got to talk. And that's the thing about Ryan and Sean about this sport, which was good. Mm -hmm. It sure it was good for them to do that. And I always remember he was sat there and like got into conversation. My ma just went like, not any bad. She just said, you know, you need to check yourself. Yeah. And I'm like looking, and I'm like, I don't go and. You don't know, she doesn't know, she's just being she genuine. And then he said, and he explained to me, mum and dad, and we were like, fuck me. Like, he obviously told them, and obviously everybody was like, are you heartbroken? You're heartbroken because you don't know where it's going to be or what it's going to lead to. So, I mean, that guy, that's why, I mean, I talk about, I talk about both of them, and we're under the same tone, that I admire them. Like, so much, because they were so brave, like, um, throughout the whole thing, so brave, and now the work that they're doing with young men with cancer, trying to support, put that support bubble out there for them to reach out to, I mean, that's taking something from the face of adversity and putting it into, like, to try and benefit others, that, that, that gets my utmost respect, utmost respect, and as human beings go, it sounds cringy, right? And people will say, do you mean that? Do you? Like, honestly, I, 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 there was times where you looked at them and I was like, I would lie down and die for you. Mm -hmm. So you felt all right. Honestly, honestly, awful. Awful. And, you know, their family, they're both their partners. <clears throat> One, what, what amazing people. As a family and, and what they've got around them. Oh, my God, like... Everybody likes their family, everybody loves their family. Or some people don't, some people don't get on with their family. I love my family. But to look at their family, oh, what amazing people. Honestly, what amazing, amazing people. And I guess that support network to have is important. Mm -hmm. Even when we were in our like, early to mid-twenties, to have that was, for them, obviously, I can't even put it into words sometimes. When you start to think about it, strip it back down. How how did their parents feel? One twin has it, and a week later the other one, and 10, 14 days later, is diagnosed. 
you're sitting there and you're like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I could be totally miles away off the, the figure here. One in a X amount of million chances, that's, it was something stupid like that. And mm. you're just sitting there and you go, I mean, you must think, why? Yeah. Why us? Why me? Ah, God. But now, I mean, hey, both on the main. Sean, I mean, talk about Sean running. Sean's a beast. He is a beast. He is a joke of a human being. Absolute joke. He runs and he does all that and he's like, absolute, like, animal. I mean, he's just had a kid. Yeah, a kid. Oh, no, I know, I heard about that. He's had, he's had a kid. He's got a mini Sean. Well, he's not mini because Sean's mini anyhow. He's got a big Sean. <laughs> he is. He's great, you know? And I mean, it's, it's like, how? I, them two just they blow my mind because they're going to have days where they're a bit down and they're a bit yeah. like everybody does but to come from that to where they are I mean and Sean will not um, he'll not mind me saying this but Ryan and Sean are two different people Ryan is like with the with the, the support group that they're doing he's the driver mm. you know and Sean, hey Sean supports him 100% they're both in it together but Ry's the boy you know yeah. what I mean Ry's the guy that's his that's his style that's his domain you know and and Sean jumps on up. I mean, hey, Ryan would sit here. Sean would be like, "You're not getting me on there." You know what I mean? <laughs> but he, they, they do their little talks and stuff, and they, 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 it, it is amazing. And the network's quite like it's quite it's in the thousands. You know, they're, they're reaching. But I mean, what what you've got to think about is is again we were talking about before about being nice to people, mm-hmm. not knowing what to say or, or how to say it. And, I, and I, this is the one thing that me and Sean said because obviously Ryan was quite bad. We said from the beginning. I can't treat many differently because mm-hmm. once we start to do that, we've let them down. Yeah, and and I think people are scared to if someone's unwell or someone has a disability or people are scared because they don't know what to say it or mm-hmm. when to say it or how to say it. But actually, you just be you. Carry on as normal. Yeah, carry on as normal because what what that's going to do is you're going to make them feel more like different from what they, like you know. I grew up with, I grew up, I have a family member who is disabled, so disabilities for me, mm-hmm. and I'd say this and I don't mean this, it doesn't scare me, mm-hmm. whereas it does some people, some people don't know how to act, some people are like, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say, but really just, just be you, as if you were talking to an able-bodied person, yeah. just treat them as a normal person, you know? I can only really go off like what my granddad did, because he, of course, was a very fit elderly man and he was still, even when he, he got uh, diagnosed with all the uh, conditions from asbestosis and stuff, he was still out in his shed making boats, coming around Abby and Hannah's helping with the decks and all that and building and making stuff for weddings. And when he did start slowing down and that, Dad picked up quite a lot, I think a lot of the family picked up quite a bit and it got to Grandad because he knew he couldn't go in his shed for two hours, maybe five, ten minutes is all he could last. Yeah or he couldn't carry the chairs and that. He'd still always have a joke around, but I didn't, I tried not to treat him or make it known that he was clearly dying. Yeah. I made it seem like he was still going. I would get him on the wheelchair and do wheelies with him. He would get on his little moped and fly down the street like seven miles an hour. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. And that's all I can go off, but I think, I'd like to hope anyway that that made him be a little bit more positive on the outlook. Yeah, I mean, especially when you talk about grandparents and stuff, because, like, I mean, I have one, I have one grandparent left, uh, and you, you think now, like, I, I, God, I mean, I was talking to my, my dad the other day, was it, was it 12, 13, no, it was like 13 years since my grand died, 
Some of them be like 13. Mm-hmm. And that, we sat and I went, like, oh my God, like, she's been gone longer than she knew me. And that really was weird. <clears throat> we were sat watching, we got talking about it, and we were watching the football or something, and we got talking about it, and I was like, wow, think about it like that. And it really, it stopped me for a moment. I was like, that is extraordinary. Because I can remember growing up, spending all that time together with her, mm-hmm. and like, as a family and stuff. And then, like, now I think I've had that exact same amount of time, but without her, mm-hmm. which is really weird. Really, really weird. You know, I, it's, I don't know. It, grandparents are something else, man, aren't they? Really, let's be honest. I think because my, my granddad from my dad's side died before I was born, so I didn't know him. And then my nana boots when I was six. Um, from smoking all of her life then started getting ill and then for the next six years it was constantly just sort of in the care room in the hospital back at hers yeah so for me it was more of I, I only really became a caregiver to her yeah but so her it sounds awful but like her death when she died I had a cry but it, I knew it wouldn't affect us as much as my mum and dad's nan and granddad yeah would so I've only got nan from my mum's side granddad's sadly dad died last year but I knew that would be like the killer for us of managing to have... I mean, at least I got 20 years with them. A little bit jealous that Abby and Hannah had the extra 8 years, Philip had the extra 10. But then at the same time, like, me and my nan, I think, took it the worst out of everyone in the family. Yeah. And I th- it was nice having my family there going out of everyone. You were his favourite. Yeah. Like, so it, it's, it's nice seeing all the old videotapes, all the old photos of me and him. And then sort of just appreciating that for what it is. So yeah. I still miss him quite a lot. Oh. And I know I still will and will always affect us, but yeah, it's terrifying to think in X amount of years then I'll be the same. When you're forty. Yeah. You know, when you're forty you'll be like, Oh, he's been gone as long as I've been alive. Like, you know, like the mm-hmm. the split No, what you said there about um you and your nana took it the worst. I mean and some people always like They'll, they'll say things and there's no such thing you know you can do whatever you want to do to deal with that mm-hmm. nobody needs to say it to you now how long ago so last year you, yeah, fe- June last year. you feel exactly how you want to feel nobody can say oh you should be at this point or you should be here mm-hmm. when you want to grieve you take as long as you want and you might grieve for years people do grieve for years and you just you learn to sort of live and, and you learn to just deal with it but don't ever think, I shouldn't feel like this, or, oh God, it's been two years now, or three years, in two or three years' time, don't think, oh, I shouldn't feel like this, or, if it do- goes to the opposite way, where maybe by next year, you actually feel fine, like, because you will, there will be a point where you'll get there, but don't feel sad that you feel fine, mm-hmm. because then you'll think, oh God, I've, I've like, not, not forgotten about them, but, do you know what I mean by yeah. that? Don't. Don't torture yourself to the point of, I should be feeling fine, I should be feeling fine. But when you feel fine, do not then think, oh, I'm being disrespectful, I'm not worried, I'm not being upset about them. Mm. I'm not going to tell you now, I've never met your granddad, right? He's not going to want that, is he? He's not going to want you to sit there and, if it be two years down the line, and you're like, oh, I'm okay with this. He's not going to sit there and say, no, you're not too careful, you're okay, man. <laughs> I'm going to come back and apologize. I'm, I'm going to come down there and I'm going to haunt the shit out of you. And I'm gonna, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to prod you while you sleep, boy. <laughs> on, off, on, off. 
Why does the light keep going on in there? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But that was my biggest worry was because I knew I wasn't. I knew from the, from when me first man died, I knew fine well I had one set left, and I was just upset thinking that at one point they wouldn't be here. But I was so worried because I didn't really react when shit happened and bad stuff happened. I was like, oh god, if they do go, I'm gonna worry that like I'm not gonna cry. And then for like the next couple of weeks after. I was in balls of tears and just didn't speak to anyone. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's normal. You know, you're going to get upset. You're going to cut yourself off. You are. People do that. There's no right or wrong way to deal with it. Mm. Uh, everybody, everybody's different. Everybody's different. So I didn't hold back. So I just, as soon as I found out, I was in tears. Yeah. So I started my grieving there. But I feel like my uncle, who was my granddad's son, didn't start grieving for a bit. He just like completely battered it off and was like, "Yeah, this this hasn't happened," and would just ignore it. Yeah. So I feel like now he's starting to start the grieving process and he's starting to let it settle in. Yeah. So it's it's upsetting. It's upsetting for me and my dad because they would come around here for for drinks in the garage, and it's upsetting thinking we've had our grief and now we're able to sort of talk about him and not be in tears. But it's hard for him to talk about him because he's now just started that process. Yeah. And you don't you don't disagree with how, what he's done because you know what we've just thought about there is that's how he wanted to deal yeah. with it. So that's his way. And it's like everybody's at different stages with stuff like that. It's some people don't ever. Mm-hmm. Some people don't ever grieve. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with embracing that feeling. You're allowed. Just let it out. Mm-hmm. You know, let it out. Like people don't. Especially men, they don't want to do that. Do this, this is huge now. Like men just want to go, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not. And it doesn't matter if you're not. It doesn't make you any less of a man if you cry. So, so what? If you cry, so what? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's just emotion. For, I mean, I'm saying that I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I don't really cry. Yeah. I do cry, but I can quite like. I think sometimes people's emotions they can't rationalise what's happening. Mm-hmm. So if you can rush, or if you can understand it and come to terms with it, you don't necessarily have to get upset. But sometimes you can't, yeah. because it's just a shock. Oh yeah, such and such has died, or such and such is unwell, or this has happened. You know, and you're like, there's too much emotion. Aren't yeah, there? bang. But if sort of things build up, and you sort of like you start to process it already before that actual, mm-hmm. like the epicenter of what happens happens. Nah, it's grandparents, man, weird. Weird folk, aren't they? Weird folk. My granddad lives with us. My granddad lives, like, he lives with us at home, you know. Uh, my nan, like, his wife, she died. She had Alzheimer's and stuff. Mm-hmm. She died, and um, he was just, like, a shell, you know. He lost, like, his wife. and been married, like, 40-odd years. Yeah. And he was, like, struggling, you know. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Let him live alone. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We We moved. We moved house, everybody in there, and I think, I mean, I don't know, I could be totally miles wrong here. I don't think, I think if we didn't move in with him, I don't know, I don't know if he would be here. I know that sounds cringy and it sounds awful, Yeah. but to like look at what happened in that period of time afterwards, mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have psychologically made it. Yeah. Like. And people talk about like dying of a broken heart and stuff, right? And then, and then you, you're laughing. You're Physically, it can actually happen because of all the heart tendencies and that. They can go under too much stress that they just snap. So it is possible to die from a broken heart. Well, what, Dr. Jill. Dr. Jill, what's she called? 
Doctor Jim. Which one? From Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher. There you go. Uh, Debbie Reynolds. The yeah. Star Wars people. Is it not Debbie Reynolds? Carrie Fisher. No, it's Carrie Fisher. Debbie Reynolds is a mother though. Ah yeah. yeah, yeah. Died the day yeah, after. Yeah, but it was. Oh, I thought. It was no, Carrie was it not the other way around? Yeah, no. She, the mother died and then the daughter died. Oh, was it not? Was it the other way around? Holy shit. That's why she died. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, Doctor Jim. No, so, it's true. No, because. I, I, honestly, he was like, he had no appetite, he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't do it, and he was just like a shell. Yeah. And so we were like, well, we need to get in there. We need to get like, some, I don't know, if it be structure, if it just be, it's companionship, really, that's what he needed. Yeah. He needed someone there. And I, honestly, I think he, he probably would have struggled. No way, no, he would have struggled. It's not even about, probably he was struggling. And that's one of the sacrifices you've got to make, mm-hmm. you know? He's, he's, I mean, he's like mid 70s now and stuff. He loves it. Yeah, he's fine now. He's, we have the dog. Oh, the dog literally like, my God, it might as well just be stitched to him. He won't move. It's like Granddad gets up, goes anywhere. The dog's it. <laughs> and I think Grand, I mean, Granddad thinks he's looking after the dog. When we go to work, I think he thinks, oh, I'm dog watching you. Know, I've got this. The dog's watching him. Hundred yeah. percent. The dog's watching him. You know. And the other things, animals are like animals are like crazy. The one because he obviously wasn't right when we first moved there. And we had the dog already. Mm-hmm. So the dog came and he knew dogs. They know this shit. They're, they're just like, they're next level. He knew that he wasn't right, and he was straight away with him. Straight away, like... Dogs have that weird sense. Do- dogs are absolute... Oh. Dogs bollocks. Dogs bollocks. So I was talking about before, but I, I have a, um, a, a cousin who's disabled. Mm-hmm. And I always remember when... I mean, the, dog, the dog wasn't old, he was only probably about two, three at the time. And if you, he's quite rough when he plays. He is rough, he's not quite rough, he's rough. So if you have a toy, right, and he drops a toy, if you go and pick that toy up, he's like, ah, yeah, trying to pull it, like, it's like if it's a rope. And this is the gospel truth, like, he'd never, ever done, cousin's got cerebral palsy, right? And he would, she would, she came over to our house, and he dropped the toy, and she loves dogs, you know? She, she, she's got a dog of her own, so she was wanting to play with him. Dog has never, ever done this in his life. To that day, since that day, only with her. Chucked the toy, stepped back, sat down, let her get it. And I'm not really? silly, right? But he knew, he knew. He was like, clearly, like, you know, she's not fully able-bodied, she's disabled. He just like, was like, I got on and I let you get it. You know what I mean? And, Dawson. Yeah, go. He's <laughs> here, <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, they know that that, that oh, just, just the stuff like that blows my mind. <laughs> no, I, um, I mean I know what we were we, uh, when we first met each other. It's quite funny when you meet new people because you get an idea straight away, like if you're gonna have that mutual bond. And we got along straight away because it's always I think it's always good when you make a reference to something. Especially like TV shows, we yeah. always know what we're gonna go with. We I mean, make a reference to TV shows, or like what? Like, <laughs> like, Ricky <laughs> like little niche things, and someone gets it, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy knows what I'm talking about. This guy's like similar human to me, but I mean, it's what? It's like five year difference between us. Yeah. So when I came in and knew that reference straight, away, I was like, oh, this this kid knows what's going on. This kid's funny, you know. It, it 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 always is. I mean, this, the programs that we like to watch, like like I mean, the American Dads, the Family Guys, and stuff. People that like Tyler Shade, Carter, yeah, yeah, whatever. Funny enough, humor is great. Oh come on, man! You've got to cross the line sometimes. You know what I mean? It gets loads of backlash, but it's just like it's clearly designed for the niche of the people who can deal with that humor. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just leave it alone for us. But yeah, don't leave, butcher it. leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Fox, do not cancel it. Yeah. No, I mean, that, uh, he's, he's quite funny, Seth MacFarlane, though. I mean, because obviously, like, Ted, the movie Ted is yeah. Seth MacFarlane. What a funny film. What do you remember, actually, from us? The, the one that stands out the most, there's two. It's either when I had the the purple thing around us and you were like, you look like such a reverend. And I called you reverend. Um, reverend. Or it's the one that sticks out is when the bloody glass collector machine started filling with foam and me and you ended up spending about two, three hours of a shift dicking out all the foam. Dicking foam. My God, that's funny. <laughs> but you know what, I mean, I don't want to talk about G in the third person as if he's not here, but you sort of come across people in your life and you're like, bear in mind, like I said before, there's like five, six year difference between me and you. Mm -hmm. And I knew when you were coming, you were just a kid. Only 15. 15. Makes me feel old as hell. <laughs> come on, man. Mate, you're 26. I know, come on. You come, you come in, and I was like, you're just getting instant liking for people. And you were one of them type of people where you just got that friendly nature. And sometimes people will misconstrue you, and people will not understand you because they think it's a front. Mm -hmm. and I'll be honest with you, I'll be straight up. People will think you're too good to be true. People will say, oh, he's nah. I bet he was a dick, blah, 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 blah. He's so nice to everybody all the time. That is genuinely who you are, yeah. Which is actually a really, really nice trait. Which, it, I mean, that's why you said before about sending that message to all your friends and stuff. Think about you. What I mean, I could be so wrong here. Whenever you're around someone, you always make them feel better, which is like it's a it's a fantastic thing to have. I mean, you you're what twenty one? Yeah, twenty one, right? I mean, we joke on. We have immaturity. We have jokes. We're so mature for 21, and you're so in touch with your emotions and stuff that when I was your age, I wasn't any of that. You're like a, you are like a man at the young man's age. Not to say you're boring or anything like that. You're far from that. You really are fun. But to be able to be doing stuff like this, like, and it might be the platform or the amount of people who do not say this may not be thousands and thousands, mm -hmm. but to give people the opportunity to, to talk and express themselves. I mean, I sat here. I spoke about a few things what a bit personal and spoke, but it, there's some things you may not have agreed with but at never at any point do you judge or anything and that's a, that's I think is important to to have is your level of maturity at your age mm -hmm. to make people feel accepted for who they are what they do I mean there's other stuff coming in other interviews that you know with yeah. other people we don't want to talk make about that yeah we don't want to talk about that yeah I'm gonna give this kid some praise um, you, you accept like everybody, you don't discriminate, you don't, you know, you bring everybody in, you just do your little conversation, you, you just set them away and you're great because you've got, you've got it man, you have got it, like, and you don't realise you've got it, you, you sit there, you're calm, you put yourself across really, really well and you did this from being like 16, 17 when I first knew you, but never mind now, you're 21, mm. right, now you've got all them years of experience, right, you're 21. The next, the next chapter for you is, is what you're going to do with that, what you know now. I wish I knew what I knew now when I was that age. So you have the chance now. You've got that chance to, to really, in them in these next four or five years before you get to like mid-twenties, do it, man. And I mean, when I say stuff like do it, if you have an idea, right? Just do it. Yeah. Do it! Just do it! Just do, do it. it! No, seriously. I, I held back from doing things. Do it. You have a great family, mm -hmm. right? Who will back you 100%. You have knowledge beyond your years. 
don't don't let the fear of not losing. I don't want to go in that, but the fear of it not working. Yeah, you'll regret it. Trust me. And what is it? I think there's someone you know when you see stuff online or you read stuff online, and this is really more the book. Think about when you're really, really old, right? Mm-hmm. And think about when you're in your 70s and your 80s. And you look back and you think, I wish I did that. Didn't have that. Don't have that thought. Mm-hmm. Do it. R- really, really, I mean that. Because you can't... There's something that's important. There's loads of things what, in life that you can control, you can you can influence. Um, but there's one thing that you can't get. And you can't get time back. And we are now obviously at the point of our lives where we're in our 20s and it's meant to be a really good time mm-hmm. and it is a good time you know it is a good time but you look 19 <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is a good time and what what we what we are doing it is a hard time though yeah, yeah. what we are doing is is we, we're not having we're not having the opportunity to do that because of what we've got pandemics virus lockdowns so when it's all said and done Whenever that may be, and it may be years before it comes back to normal, but as soon as you get the chance, take it. Because I know you, you're intelligent. You're sitting there now and you're thinking, I know I only want to do this, I know I want to do that, I want to do that. Honestly, mate, and I mean it. Con todo mi corazón, all my heart, do it. I just think it's, I'm sitting here thinking it's weird how you said, you know, there's a five year difference. We've met like five, six years ago, and you were like, oh, I wish I was like, as knowledgeable as 21 as you were. The thing was, what blows my mind is I came into the arena, yes, probably a little bit of a nice little shy kid, but most of the stuff, I said it to these two in the car, when you texted us and was like, oh, I'd love to come on the talk. The first person I texted was Katie, I was like, oh my God, you have no idea who wants to come on the talk. <laughs> I've said, this is the most important one to me because at the arena, everything, I still talk about every single time anyone goes out of the arena, I was like, oh yeah, Fletcher. I've learned everything from Fletcher. I wanted to be the manager that you were to me. So when me and Dylan got the position of the manager, I was like, I want to be like Fletcher. And I've always grown and worked and be like, what would Fletcher do? And I've carried that through the entire year as bad. I'll tell you something, my role now, what I do is like my, is management role. And there's one thing that's important and it transfers from life to work to everything. And that's be respectful to everybody around you. <coughs> and, just, and respect, if it be the hierarchy above you, who have the, the senior management roles, or the people who work with you and for you, Treat everybody the same with the utmost respect and you'll be fine. And you have that because you're respectful young man. You talk about working really hard and focusing on maybe he's doing a bit more extra hours to learn and stuff. Yeah, all that helps. That really does help. And you've got to be you've got to be channeled in. Be respectful of everybody who's with you. And people people will respect you for that. And what happens then is is people trust you, people confide in you, and then you can do your job better. But I respect that bro, I mean it means a lot. Means a lot. I'm not going to get emotional. No, yeah. Not yet. Since we're getting emotional, I think now's a great time to probably end the talk. Yeah. So thank you very much to Fletcher for coming on to the day's Let's Talk. Um, please give a watch to some of the other episodes and thank you for watching. Take care. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>